What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. My name is Moore Milo. And I'm Ross Ainarelli. And this is the Market Today podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us for yet again another episode of the Market Today podcast. We are on episode 147, and we have a classic book for you this week. We have read the book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. It's a uh, kind of a staple in the personal development, do take your life to the next level, you know, get through the journey type reader's uh, list. Right, and uh, we finally made our way to, to reading this book, and we're super excited to talk about it. Before we get into that, a little bit about the market today on episode one forty-seven. Um, holy moly, where it looks like we're we're heading into that recession that we've been talking about for quite some time now, and uh, the it's definitely showing. It's definitely feeling. What are your thoughts, Ross? I mean, everything's red across the board, whether you're looking at crypto or traditional stocks, S&P indexes, everything is down. And they're all, I mean, for better or for worse, they're all following each other pretty much to the T. I mean, it used to be where crypto didn't follow the stock market um, as much. But now, I mean, they're following straight in line. I mean, we're down. I think Bitcoin is at like 20,000, 22,000 at this point, which is insanely cheap. Um, almost to the point where I think about picking up some more, but you know, it, it just seems like we keep hitting these lower lows and I, I, I was, you know, thinking the other day as we keep watching this go, when they fall, they're falling hard. There is really no support level at this point. We keep seeing, you know, the market drop hard and, and then stabilize for a little bit. And then I feel like, you know, that's just enough to get retail investors excited again or confident enough and then the floor blows out again, right? So when we have these dips, consumer confidence just keeps dropping to a point where, you know, there's really not many support levels left. And I think people are losing faith in the government and faith in all the things that are going on that I think people are just unsure of where to look. I don't know. What are, what are you saying? Well, I think that it's just kindly, kind of finally coming all together. Um, you know, I, I think that we're starting to feel it. Uh, you know, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to feel it in the environment, right? To feel it on a day-to-day basis as you're walking around in the world, the interactions that you have with people are different now, right? Like it, it, you, you can start to feel the energy is shifting. And I think because of that shift of energy, we're going to start to see some real ripple effects that happen throughout in the entire market from many different angles, right? Like we're going to start to see uh, a reduction in spendings on certain things, right? So industries are going to start to wane because if they're you know service related or, or anything luxury related, like these are the first things to go, right? And we're going to start to see, see and feel that. We're also going to start to see and feel the companies that have been on hiring sprees that have been you know riding the wave. They're going to start to have a little bit more pain around their budget and their books. And when that happens, you know, it's time to start cutting costs. So we're going to start to see layoffs, right? Which is, is we're also going to start to feel that. Now, currently we've been in a market from a, from a, an employment standpoint that's been very, very employee focused. And I think that we're going to start to see uh, a bit of a shift to where, you know, some of these companies are really going to start to tighten up, uh, start tightening that belt and, and really getting rid of things that aren't essential to the revenue generating functions of their business. And we're going to start to see that that f- dynamic flips, 
right? We're going to start to see that, that these companies can't afford to bring on new people and new people are going to start to have issues finding new jobs. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out from that angle, right? Now, in addition to all of that, you know, there's, there's the buying tendencies of the market and the retail as a whole. Right? How we are the buying power of the average American is being reduced with with inflation, right? And and the cost of goods is are only getting more expensive. So we're going to start to see some of these more ground level businesses, you know, companies that that you know are the tried and true, you know, hallmark of America. They're going to start to see some and see and feel some of the 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 penny pinching that we're going to start to see as as a community. Um, from the public, right? Because people get really spendy when times times are good, and people get really tight when they're not. They go to extremes. It's just human human nature. So I <coughs> I think it's going to be a really telling few years. Um, and you know, listen, I think that as as a as a as a country, we've done a really good job of continuing to kick the can down the road. And I'm sure that there's going to be some po- political influence that's going to be a lot of kicking the can down the road. Uh, to try to bring things back to where they were or try to s- salvage something here. Um, but honestly, I think that the, what's probably best for us as a community is for for us to take this hit and take it on the chin and start to get a little bit conservative and, and start to think a little bit long-term, right, and uh, and make a change. So I think it'll be really interesting to see if, if there's going to be some some resolve Around you know some smart people that come up with some good ideas and, and try to you know take the take the grunt of the hit and find a way out of the grunt of the like through the hit as opposed to putting band aids on things right because we're really good at putting on putting on band aids and uh, I'm I'm scared that if we put on a band aid again you know this it could really collapse our society could collapse you know like it could be a true traumatic event if if the 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 way that the United States is looked at in the world changes, you know, we could have a real shift in the dynamic of world politics and world um, community if we continue to kick the can down the road because our, you know, the people around us are going to start to realize that we might not be as strong as we thought that we once were, right? And you know, financials are are very important in that conversation, especially. When the majority of the money that we're spending is taken on through debt from other countries, right? So th- it's it's very important for us to continue to remind ourselves that we need to actually go through this pain as opposed to, you know, trying to put a bandaid on it and kick the can down the road for the next, you know, two terms for somebody else to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I think this really is, you know, the result of already kicking the can down the road. I don't think there's really any more band-aids to put. And I think you kind of touched on it there of, you know, this gets very political as far as, you know, who's doing the printing, who's doing the spending. And it seems like politics are more, you know, more in a place where they just want to get the headlines and go after the other side versus really doing anything helpful. Like, the, the last big bill that passed was the Ukraine relief bill, right? Majority of the funds in that bill had nothing to do with Ukraine. They stuffed in all the other things they needed to get done into this bill, packaged it as the Ukraine relief bill, but as another way for them to get more of their agendas through, more of it across, to where if you do not vote for that, whether you be Democrat or Republican, it looks like you don't support Ukraine, right? 
and this is something that continues to happen where um, this happens. So one of my buddies, um, Moore knows him, um, had a baby about almost two months ago. And right now we are in a baby formula shortage, which I would have never known if it wasn't for him. But Democrats put out a bill um, and they were, you know, waving it all throughout the news that Republicans had voted against this bill. Now, this bill was supposed to, was designed, quote unquote, to help relieve, you know, this pressure and get more baby formula back into the market. But if you actually took the time and read it, that's really not what it was going to do. It wasn't going to provide any immediate relief. So it, we're just in this place where, you know, politics are playing their game so aggressively. And the only people that are really getting hurt are the everyday people. You know, we're, if you think about it, right, like we're hearing all this about the markets crashing. You know, we talk about it here on this podcast. If you're not invested in the market, you know, and this, disregard your 401k for the moment. If you're not actively investing, whether it be stocks, you know, uh, index funds, things like that, this really doesn't affect you, right? But it's amazing how much Wall Street can spill over into the everyday person's life. Right. They're hearing that the economy's bad, that stocks are down. All of this is going on. And I don't know how anyone, you know, in, in the government is surprised. Right. You print trillions upon trillions of dollars. What do you think is going to happen? Right. And then they're telling us oh, inflation's transitory. It's not going to cause any issues. It's going to be fine. And then they're all mind blown when month over month we're seeing, you know, higher and higher inflation numbers and we're going to have to raise rates because to them. It doesn't really hurt them, right? Their money's sitting, their money's safe, same way that me and you aren't thinking about selling right now. If anything, we're thinking about buying, right? We're just trying to figure out how close are we to the bottom. The wealthy will be fine. They will buy up all these prices at a low point. The the, the poorer economy, poorer people will have to struggle. They're not going to have enough for eggs, toilet paper, paper towels, the everyday groceries, Right. And they're the ones that are going to feel it, and they're going to come out poorer on the other end. And this is how we always come through these recessions with a greater um, difference in income inequality, right? You're you're not making 8% more from your job this year, but inflation keeps going up. These politicians are doing fine. They're making their money. They're doing okay. But we're just in a place where people are losing faith. Like you touched on in the beginning about waiting another term or two. You know, there's already talks of Biden not continuing um, or not running again next cycle, because I think people know, you know, not a lot of people liked him the first time around, and he's not instilling any confidence in the American public. No one feels when they go to the gas pump and they see $6 a gallon, that life is good. When they go to buy things that they bought a year ago, and they're twice as much, you know, we're not in a place where even if the economy was bad, there's nothing that's giving the everyday American, I think, hope. And I think that's the bigger problem at this point going forward. So it's it's just a crazy, crazy time. I don't know how much farther down we can go, but they're talking about raising rates, you know, 75 basis points coming up. And all it's going to do is continue to, to make housing more expensive, to devalue the stock market, to make things more expensive in the short term. So, you know, I just I just hate to see it. And, and I hope we don't continue to kick the can down the road. I hope that we can find a way to come together as a country or you know, as a government and start to really create some meaningful change instead of just battling each other for headlines and fighting over the news. So it's not a fun time, but it's a time that if you are invested, I think, you know, not financial advice for me, I'm just going to try to hold strong. Thankfully, I'm in a place where, you know, I'm not going to get evicted. Uh, none of my big bills, I, I carry very little debt. 
Um, so for other people, they may not be in that position, but you know, if, if you believed in the companies you invested in, if you're a long-term holder, just stick to your plan, stick to your guidelines, and hopefully you should be okay when we make it through this in the next year or so, because these recessions last, you know, 12 to 18 months. Bull markets last much longer, thankfully, but it's all about getting through. And, you know, if you do have extra money, this is a time that maybe you could be looking to dollar cost average in, but definitely don't be doing it if you don't feel like you have enough savings. So, you know, just stay smart, stick to your plan and, you know, try not to get too emotional, I think, in the next few months because it's going to continue to get crazier. I would agree. I would agree with you entirely, Ross. I think that's a great way to sum that up. With that being said, do you think we can hop into the book? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So this week, guys, four-hour work week. Uh, this is a classic, been around for quite some time by a guy named Timothy Ferris. Uh, and it's a book that we've wanted to read for quite some time. I think it's, uh, I think it's super valuable, just a 10,000 foot view, real quick outlook. I think it's a super valuable book from the perspective that everyone always needs a reminder that they need to outsource or they need to delegate or they need to get things off their plate. Cause I feel like as successful people, we want to be superhumans and we want to do everything. We want to try to get things done properly and everything needs, it has its place, in addition to that, everything also has its person, right? Like delegating is so important and finding ways to optimize your business and reduce the friction from A to Z, right? From you to sell, for you to sell your product, for you to deliver your good, for you to manufacture your thing, whatever it is, right? If you can create those efficiencies, you're going to be more successful long term. And you might take a short term hit because there's more expense associated, but it'll give you an opportunity to grow in a more scalable and re reasonable way uh, that'll, that, that has potential, right? As opposed to being stuck in a space where you end up working, you're freaking tail off, wearing all the hats, doing all of the things, and, and, and you end up not able to spend any of the time that you have in a way that's functional or, or, or positive for you as a human being. What are your thoughts, Ross? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed it up there. And I think, you know, especially for us, this is kind of perfect timing because, you know, me and you were starting another project. And, you know, when we first started working together years ago, we would wear all the hats. We would do everything. I would make the websites from scratch or we would do a lot of different things. And now we're at a point um, where we understand that, you know, we can get someone to build this. We know what we need. And it frees us up to work on other parts of the business, right? So I think you kind of hit it perfectly of like, you don't have to do everything yourself, right? If people are experts or other people are really good at it, um, feel free to, you know, feel free to find someone like that. Like a good example would be if someone's making a, I don't know, a YouTube video, right? You could pay someone to do the graphics or the intro or things like that because you know how much you make every time you know, you, you put a new video up, you know, how many views you get so you can understand what your margins are, right? Everyone tries to do it themselves because then the logic is you're making 100% profit. Um, but I always talk about opportunity cost, right? At what point is your time better spent on something else where you can get, you know, a little bit farther in your business versus if I had to build, let's say a brand new website, it would take me maybe two weeks, three weeks from scratch to build it all the way up. Or I could pay someone a few hundred dollars, thousand dollars to build it, get it up in a week or even two weeks. But at that point, 
you know, I'm going to be in a place where I've had two to three weeks to work on maybe the marketing side or get some of the, the legal things handled. So kind of in a place where understanding your own time and trying to use it as, you know, to the best of your ability, because now we're in a place where we're not completely bootstrapped, right? We Before we were not making much money and we had to do it ourselves. Now, you know, we've worked our asses off and we're in a place where we can afford to outsource a little bit. So I think for a lot of people, understanding the value of your own time and really trying to utilize it the best you can, you know, is really the best thing I think that that I'm taking from this book so far. Yeah, that's that's really the name of the game. And, you know, it's a two part. Uh, it's gonna be a two part book for us because we're not doing the whole book this week. We're gonna do half this week, half next week, just do the length of the book. But overall, I mean, the concept really is about how do you offload the things that you shouldn't be doing and allow yourself the space to get really granular about the things that truly make you money in your business and do those things as much as possible, right? Um, from that perspective, I think it's a really simple book. I'm really excited to see how it plays out for the rest of the week. Um, and I think it's just a great reminder, a great reminder of the fact that we're not superhumans, that we are just people, and that you need help. You need help to to get far, you know? Like, if you, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? Like, that's the name of the game. And the more that we can approach and broach the conversation of trust within an organization, right, the ability to trust the people that you hired because you hired them to do the job that they're there to do, right, that's where you really have an opportunity to build because the company is a, is a, is a group of people doing something together. It's not, a, it's, it's not one person getting things done and other, you know, people supporting them and doing it, right? Like, it's, it's about vision. It's about creating communal effort. And the second that the leader of that community is capable of wholeheartedly trusting the people in the community to do and take on the responsibilities that they're given, you can't thrust forward in growth uh, whether it comes to revenue or uh, team size or footprint or market capacity, like whatever it is that you're looking to grow into, you can't do that without building enough trust in the people that you are outsourcing or um, hiring to do the work that you need to get done. Um, so for me, final thoughts, really solid, solid book. Excited to read the rest of it this coming week uh, and give you guys the final, final thoughts on the whole thing for for the for the book next week. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts? Same thing. I think it just kind of makes me think of how I'm utilizing my time. You know, me and you work two jobs. So I think this time around, we need to be very strategic with our time, helps us avoid burnout and helps us, you know, be a little bit more exact, right? Like having someone build our website who does this professionally should hopefully set us up in a place where we're not having to fix things or adjusting stuff as much. Um, so I think, yeah, just looking at it from a personal and, and business perspective of how to properly, you know, set aside time for, you know, they always say work-life balance, but I hear more and more people talking about life-work balance, you know, trying to put life first and then really start to focus on work second. Um, so I think just continuing to see where this book takes us is going to be really exciting, but so far I love it. Great book so far. Agreed. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode 147. My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli.
This is the Market Today podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Take care.